Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. What's up, Golf Strategy School? My name is Marty Griffin, and you are listening to the Golf Strategy School podcast, the only podcast designed to help newer golfers get over that milestone score of breaking 90 or breaking 100 if that's what you're still working on. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that just a few weeks back, we celebrated our 100th episode, and we were doing that with a giveaway. Well, now is the time to announce the winner. Drum roll, please. I don't have a drum roll. Either way, the winner of the 100th episode celebration giveaway is Kevin Howe from Massachusetts. Kevin wins a set from our sponsors, Superspeed Golf. Use promo code GOLFSTRATEGY to get 10% off your entire order from Superspeed Golf. He also wins a Masters pin flag as well as a St. Andrews pin flag. So, Kevin... I've already been in touch with you. You emailed me back right away. Thank you so much for that. I just wanted to announce it to everybody that Kevin is the winner all the way up in Massachusetts. So this episode of the podcast is something that I never really thought of doing an episode on before, but I still think it's a really good piece of information. And that is driving range etiquette. So, you know, how do you go to a driving range, especially if you're a newer golfer and kind of look like you've been there before and not piss other people off. So driving range etiquette, as well as a couple practice ideas to help you get the most out of your driving range time. Let's get to it. Do you love to play golf? Do you wish you could be a more consistent and confident player? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Golf Strategy School podcast where we discuss specific practice strategies used by some of the best golf instructors from around the world. Here's your host, Marty Griffin. So the driving range is somewhere that I hold very near and dear to my heart. It's a place that I've gone to for practice, for fun, to celebrate with friends. That's actually where I had my birthday party this year as I rented out a couple golf suites at my local driving range. And I've, I've gone there just to kind of zone out and have some stress relief and just, you know, get some exercise and hit some balls. But with this in mind, we should really, you know, do our best to make sure that others can use the driving range for all these things as well. So let's take a look at some basic etiquette so you won't stand out like a sore thumb if you were to show up at a driving range near me. And also, again, just a tip or two so you can get as much out of your driving range time as possible. So, rule one. Pretty basic. Have fun. 
First off, driving ranges are fun places. Let's keep them fun, but safe as well. This isn't a golf course, so you shouldn't be in your super ninja stealth mode, even if it's busy. You shouldn't have to be. Just don't be obnoxious. We can all get along as one big, happy golf ball thwacking family. Just make sure you're not being super over the top with your buddies or whatever. And, you know, also it should be said that some driving ranges have very specific rules. So I may have these four rules to go over with with you, but please adhere to the rules of the driving range over mine. There are some driving ranges that are shorter, and so they say no drivers allowed. You know what? I understand it's fun to take out the driver and just whack away, but if the range says no drivers allowed, there's no drivers allowed. The reason being is that it's so short, you might be able to hit over a fence or a barrier and injure people. So just keep that in mind. If you're going to be with a group that's going to be on kind of that rowdier side of the golf spectrum, it might be a good idea to take a spot towards the end of the driving range. This way you'll have a little bit more separation from the rest of the golfing public and it won't be as disruptive to others. And the same goes if you're having kind of a long drawn out phone call. If that's the case, like I understand phone rings, got to answer it, got work, whatever the case may be. But if it's going to be a long conversation or especially if it's going to be a conversation above a given volume, it might be best to just kind of take a walk away from the teeing area and then just complete your phone call out of earshot from everyone who's practicing. So rule number two is to absolutely under no circumstances, go out onto the range, stay in or behind your teeing area. Now I golf with kids a lot, and this is something that I have to constantly remind my six-year-old daughter. Just because the ball didn't go very far onto the driving range doesn't mean you can go out and get it. The driving range where I normally go to is a double-decker driving range, and it is always packed. If I were hitting from the ground floor driving range and I walked out to retrieve a ball, there's a real good chance I could just get conked on the head by one rolling off of the roof from above me. And now you might be thinking, yeah, well, I mean, a golf ball just kind of falling from 8 or 10 feet onto my head wouldn't hurt that much. You're right. Something like that's not going to kill you. But most driving ranges are not in perfectly straight lines. They're usually slightly bowed. So if you're on the end of the range and someone in the middle of the range catches one in on the hosel and shanks it at you, you could be wearing that bruise for a long, long time. But even besides your safety, it's really important to also kind of respect the practice area of others. If you're walking out onto that driving range and I see you out of my peripheral vision, it is really going to screw with me because I'm going to be afraid of hurting you. I'm going to mess up the shot. I might have to wait for you to finish goofing off and get back into the safe, proper area before I can practice. So just stay in or behind your teeing area on the driving range. It's really, really easy to do. Rule number three is please don't give. And really for that matter, especially if you're getting lessons, don't take advice from random people at the driving range. You might be walking to your particular stall on the driving range when out of the corner of your eye, you spot a really funky, goofy looking golf swing. Despite your urge to stop and give advice, just 
please, please, please keep walking. I'm sure it's all very well intended, but in reality, just because you're hitting the ball well does not make you a pro. You never know when someone is working on a specific thing in their swing, and it might be an intentionally ugly version of their swing. I know personally that I make my students very much over-exaggerate moves in practice. That way, when it comes time to actually go play golf on the golf course, they don't have to think about it. And they can just kind of regress to the mean. They've been way overdoing it in practice. And now when they go out and just swing, they don't have to think about this super funky move. They've been doing it in such a funky way that it falls right back in line with what they're supposed to be doing. Now, the other thing I say is that if you are working with a golf pro, if you're taking lessons, good on you. But if you're doing that, only listen to your golf pro. That includes me. If your golf pro is telling you to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm talking about A, B, and C, you know what? I very much appreciate the downloads, but turn me off, okay? Your pro is working with you for a very specific reason in a very specific manner. Respect their knowledge, respect their commitment in time into your swing, and respect your commitment to the game. Don't be taking a bunch of random tips if you're working on your swing with an actual pro. They're doing things a very specific way. You need to hear them out. Rule number four, save the grass. And what I mean here is keep your divots linear, straightforward in a line. This is something that's kind of become more prevalent in recent years, which is awesome. The fact of the matter is that the driving range near me has several signs pointing out exactly how they prefer you take your divots in the grass areas. This will not only earn you a high five from your course superintendent, but it's going to earn you a lot of thank yous from any golfer who happens to use your space after you leave. What you want to do is you want to leave your divots in a straight line. That way you use as little grass as possible in your teeing area. This means your first shot should come from the front or the driving range side of your teeing area. And then every shot after that is going to be just on the little bit of grass right before your divot. What this does is it helps preserve the teeing area for the next person. And if you actually check out the picture that I've got in this post, you'll be able to see what 30 divots can look like if they're in a random scatter pattern, if they're in a straight linear pattern, or if they're in a condensed pattern. And it's really rather impressive how, you know, how much turf you can chew up in just 30 swings. So those are my four rules of golf driving range etiquette. First off, have fun. That's what you're there for. Rule two is stay in or behind your teeing area. Don't don't be like my six-year-old daughter and you know be tempted to run out onto the range after your ball, even if it goes just a couple feet onto the range. Rule three is don't give advice. You know, people are going to have a hard time saying, yep, I appreciate that, but, you know, I'm working on my own thing. And also, if you're working with a golf pro on your swing, don't take advice from others. Work with them. That's why you're paying them. And then rule four is save the grass. We want to make sure that this is a reusable space for everybody. Now, a couple of tips for the driving range. I am a big 
big proponent of variable practice. So that means you never hit the same shot twice in a row. So what you can do to guarantee that is you either change your club on every swing or you change your target on every swing. And the most common thing I see at the driving range in terms of what I would correct, and no, this is not a golf swing thing, so even if you are taking lessons from a pro, please heed this advice. I guarantee you they're telling you the same thing. But that is to make every shot count. Go through your entire pre-shot routine on every single golf ball you hit at the driving range. How do you expect to have a consistent result on the golf course if you don't approach your shots consistently on the driving range, okay? That's what we're talking about. Make sure you are consistent with a pre-shot routine and just change either your target or your club every single time and you will learn much, much faster. Your swing changes will sink in quicker. The other piece of advice that I can give you that kind of meshes with these is that don't just dump your bucket of balls into the little tray or onto the ground if you're teeing in a grass area because it becomes way too easy to do what I call rake and fire. Just pull that ball over and whack and doing that seven times in a row without thinking. Instead, take like four steps directly behind your teeing area and that is where you put all of the golf balls. Why? Well, this means that after each shot, you're going to have to leave the teeing area take a few steps, pick up each golf ball individually, and then return to the teeing area to take your next shot. This is going to make it a lot easier to actually approach each shot with a lot of focus and using your pre-shot routine by having that bucket of golf balls further away from you. And honestly, the further away, the better. By having it further away, the more likely you are to stay committed to each individual golf swing and not just fall into that habit of hitting shot after shot after shot. And the reason why we don't want to hit shot after shot after shot is because you don't get to hit seven, seven irons in a row on the golf course. Because when we do that on the driving range, we're training our brain to say, eh, it doesn't matter. We can get it right on the third time or maybe the fifth or sixth or seventh time. It doesn't matter. When in reality, when we're on the golf course, it does matter. So let's actually take care and put that type of intent behind our practice. All right, I'm going to step off of my soapbox now and end the episode. One thing I do want to say is that we are doing another live training. The last one went so incredibly well. We had a lot of great feedback from it. We're doing another live training. This one is going to be Monday, October 28th. And it is going to be at 8 p.m. Central Time. But you can head over to golfstrategyschool.com slash training and get yourself signed up for it. We're going we're gonna to hit that same topic again, talking about the three keys to breaking 100. And the reason why I talk about the three keys to breaking 100 is because they are the foundational base level things that we need to 100% master in order to move forward and break 90. So if you want to sign up for that, head over to golfstrategyschool.com slash training. Get yourself signed up. It's totally free. It'll be Monday, October 28th at 8 p.m. Until then, I will catch you all in the short grass. Cheers, everybody.
All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.